Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Patrick and Mark spend Black Friday at Mako Mart. Splatoon's been updated. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including the big Splatoon 2 update, Valkyria Chronicles coming to Switch, and then on Thursday we're going to be back to talk about Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Uh, but in the meantime, Mark, how, how's, how is it? How are you doing? <laughs> it is good. It is good. Yeah. I'm in the mood for some like chips and salsa. You ever like? Tell me why. I why? Don't know. Why does? Why is that? I don't know. Just uh, something I'm feeling. A little something about me. A little something about chips and salsa. Um. Do you know? I do not normally drink soda, but uh, if I'm at a restaurant where chips and salsa come out first, man, I want a Coca Cola. They're in cahoots. They are in cahoots. Um, I want a little sweet with my salty. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Let's transition right into the weather. Okay. Um, because it is uh, kind of chilly. Yeah. After a weekend of after too a weekend hot. of being right. too hot, it's now I would say pleasant. Yes. I'm enjoying it. You're you're not you're you're not registering too chilly. It was very foggy this morning. It w- was it was it actual fog? I don't know. What do you mean? I don't know. Was it like was smog? It? <laughs> I mean, it, it, in Los Angeles, there's like no line really between the two, right? Like, yeah, that's true. It's all fog and smog. We live in a, a weird hellscape of uh, industrialization and, you know, weird humidity. Our guest weather today is Honolulu, Hawaii. The biggest of ups mm-hmm. to our listeners in Honolulu. Uh, I worked in Honolulu for a time. Oh, yeah, that's right. As a uh, bellhop and valet at the Aqua Coconut Plaza in Waikiki. Did you know how to drive a stick shift before you started working there? Uh, sort of. Um, but you actually, that doesn't come up that much because when you are working at a hotel in Waikiki, everyone else is driving rental cars. And for the most part, rental cars, rental companies don't have manual transmission vehicles. Yeah, so that's a really good point. I actually don't think I ever drove a, a standard uh, vehicle um, for that job. Was it a requirement? Like, did they ask if you could? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I had to cut my hair for that job. <laughs> Something I do remember. Uh, Honolulu seems like it's beautiful there. 76 degrees, sometimes rainy, but we know that's just in the middle of the day and then clears up and is sunny again because it's Honolulu and it's beautiful there. Melikliki Maka? Sure. Is that Merry Christmas? I think it is, <laughs> according to that really old song. Very good. No reason to update our research on that. Um, I wanted to bring a little update about uh, Sonic Forces, the Sonic Forces borrowing program. Uh, Thank you for sending in uh, your email um, requests. If uh, you would like to be put on the list to borrow Sonic Forces, just send an email with your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and I will put you on the list. It is already off to Texas um, and Hopefully, our listener is going to get some enjoyment out of it, and then we'll get it back, and then it'll go on to the next person on the list, and so on. Get on this list. Yeah, listener who 
should be receiving it fairly soon. We hope you get some solid, solid Sonic time in. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't rush it or anything. Play as much as you want, and then send it on back. And uh, when you send it back, shoot us an email. Let us know what you thought. Yeah, yeah. We I would love to get feedback on this game from from other people. Um, we do have some feedback from last week's episode. Uh, from J. Edgar Davis, who writes to us to say, <clears throat> sorry, gentlemen, but G2 is not the second step, even though it is. Now, this is in regard to our conversation about Gatorade. Oh, I remember. Okay. Uh, for those who didn't listen last week, we uh, I was drinking some Gatorade, said G2 on it, and I posited that it is the second step in the Gatorade hydration program. Uh he goes on to say, um, the two in G2 came before the full regiment was introduced. G2 was, G2 was supposed to be the second generation of Gatorade. It's about half the calories of regular Gatorade and generally tastes less salty as well. However, both regular and G2 also fall into the second step. So it is the second step, but that's not why it's called G2. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Thank it, you so much for letting us know. Yeah. And, you know... Everyone out there, if you ever hear us say anything wrong, which happens very infrequently, oh yeah, I'm, I, I must add, uh, please feel free to write in with a debug at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, Mark, let's uh, let's get into what we've been playing this week. All right, so we got together on Thanksgiving. Um, to play Donkey more Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Yeah, we had played it uh, months ago at this point mm-hmm. and talked about it a little bit, but uh, I wanted to keep making forward progress, and so we played a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know that our experience this time was as uniformly positive. I totally agree. Um, that we... Like, the game gets good at some point, and then, like, still has these insane difficulty spikes right where and you know mind you we're playing a side-scrolling action game so we were of course drinking while doing it but like we would reach these levels where it's just like i don't i don't know what to do here it's just too hard yeah and also like so much of the fun in the first part of with the first time we played this game was like the aesthetics like the Mm -hmm. the soundtrack and everything like coming together and working together and in the levels we were playing this time, it kind of lost a lot of that. Yeah. The music was fine and, like, fun, but aesthetically it just was more kind of boring monkey levels. Yeah, kind of more just boring monkey levels. And then when we get to the um, the world that we, like, kind of ended in was, we think, just frozen versions of the, the worlds from the first Donkey Kong Country game, or Donkey Kong Country Returns, rather. Um, so, yeah, I... I but I don't. I don't want to say that we were like disappointed by it, but it definitely lived up to, you know, all of the frustrations that we had expressed about it before. Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. Is, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a steady climb because yeah. we, as we got to the end of our play session, I, I, I at least was having a lot more fun, mm-hmm. and I think it was just like the levels were more engaging than some of the more like frustrating bang our head against the wall yeah. ones earlier. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. There was also um, a handful of those. Uh, flying around in the rocket barrel um, levels, which uh, when, when we play these things, Mark just puts the controller down <laughs> and is like, Patrick, you deal with it. Well, it's not fair that when you're playing in uh, co-op and you die in a barrel level, that, yeah. in a rocket barrel level, that 
you lose two lives. Yeah, it's an insane system. It doesn't make any sense. I assume if you were playing four players simultaneous, you would just lose four lives, which is crazy. <laughs> Although we did come up with a solution to make those more fun mm. is turn them into like a rhythm game type thing. So instead of just, you know, like jamming on the button mm -hmm. to make your rocket go, um, you know, like the music is great. So what if you had to like do it in time to the music or do it, you know, on like certain beats? Right. And then, then there's some, I don't know, that seems more fun to me. Like, I would play through that yeah. versus just the regular Rocket Barrel levels, which I despise. Uh, also, and I know we've said this before, why are there lives in this game? Like, there should be no penalty for running out, for dying. Like, the, that, the game is based on you failing and trying again and, like, memorizing levels. Yeah, if there was another one of these Donkey Kong Country games coming down the pipe, I would love for it to do the Super Mario Odyssey thing and mm -hmm. just cost you like 15 bananas 10 bananas every time you die instead of putting like a lives limit on it yeah or like if they do want to be you know like crazy about lives whatever that's fine if when you get to these like sort of obstacle course based levels that they're just like it's free restart like that you don't have to tr do anything to try it again um because it's just it's too much memorization and it's just you know we've got a finite amount of time and we get drunker as the night goes on. So, you know. Still a fun game. Mm -hmm. Still a fun game. Um, but not as much fun as the first time I had playing it. Yeah. Uh, I put some time into Splatoon 2 this weekend. Yeah. How has that been? Uh, fun. Kind of like trying out some of the new stuff, which mm -hmm. we could talk about now, or I guess we'll just hold it until news. Let's hold it till news. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then just like the checklist of games that I've been playing, Skyrim, Doom. We talked about those last week. Mm -hmm. We've got conversations about Skyrim and Doom uh, and L.A. Noir up from last week. So you can check out all of those individually. Um, you've been playing Stardew some more? Yeah. I mean, uh, just like pop in mm -hmm. and out right. every once in a while. Uh, still, How's working. Alex? He's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm one heart away. One heart. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I'll have to buy like the necklace or whatever it is. And uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp yeah came out last week and which we did not report on so i guess little scoop we are recording uh, on sunday nights now um which means our news is just a little less timely than it normally is um but yeah it, it was announced last week that uh, animal crossing pocket camp was going to come out on wednesday then it came out on tuesday and so we've both been putting some time into that but we will have more complete thoughts on it on thursday uh, and then, uh, I started Breath of the Wild in master mode this weekend. Uh, and first of all, it is just a weird shock to the system. A, a couple things, A, to be playing Breath of the Wild again, uh, but B, to be playing with none of my progress, um, to pull up the map and have, have it basically be empty is surreal. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's master mode is too hard. I think like the uh the enemies take too much damage to kill uh i feel like i'm just going through weapons um and i'm mostly uh avoiding conflict whenever possible when master mode became available i tried it a little bit and mm -hmm. for i had the same sort of shock where it was like all your stamina was gone and all yeah. you know like all that stuff just took forever to kill one bow goblin yeah and so I, I, ga I gave up on it. I think it was also hard because I was playing it at the same time I was playing my uh, regular oh, game. Oh, sure. And so, you weren't done with it yet. Yeah. So yeah. I was like going, I like was so used, mm -hmm. to, used to having 
uh, all of my equipment and all of my stats and everything. Yeah. And so to try to bounce back and forth between the two was not particularly pleasant. Yeah. Well, and like, I don't know, you get so used to, you know, having all of the champion powers. Like, I don't know, it's, it, Link, Link's abilities are so limited early in that game. Um, and that is a like a weird thing to come back to. When you start the game, you don't have a paraglider for crying out loud. <laughs> I'm uh, al- I'm also just not that into super difficult games. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah uh, for the most part, I'll play on like an easy difficulty because at this point, I'm playing games as, to enjoy it. Right. Yeah, that's right. And hey, so look, we're playing games to have fun here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I. I Master mode doesn't really appeal to me. Uh, I think I'm going to keep it up. Who knows? We'll see if I've totally lost interest by next week. Mark, let's get into the new releases and what we, what we may be playing next week. So on November 28th, that is the day that this episode is releasing, Resident Evil Revelations collection comes out for Switch. Yeah. So you can buy it in stores for $40, and that comes with Resident Evil Revelations 1 and Resident Evil Revelations 2, mm-hmm. or you can buy it on the e- them on the eShop separately, 20 bucks each. And even if you are buying the physical version that only has Revelations 1 on it, and then you download two for free great point yeah it just yeah. has like a download code right so if you you know have bad internet connection or whatever um yeah you still have to be able to connect to redeem that that second part of it now we're both resident evil fans mm-hmm. res heads res heads mm-hmm. i haven't played either of these games neither have i so i de- i'm definitely gonna pick up the first one especially for 20 bucks but i'm not gonna buy the second one until i guess I either determine I like Resident Evil Revelations 1 mm-hmm. or I have time to play the second one. Uh, that's a great point. I think we should both approach this that way. Um, yeah, to, to play, play the, get, get the first one digitally and then see how we're feeling. Maybe that scratches the itch. Maybe we don't need the second one. Then. Right, or maybe I can return to the second one in a year or something. Right, when Capcom still hasn't gotten around to porting over other, <laughs> other stuff to this Just switch. do it. Just do it. Um, I did, uh, I have seen some like graphics, um, comparison videos floating around, um, and the game looks fine to me. It's a little bit like lighter and maybe the, the textures aren't as rich. Um, it does, and we'll report on this next week, I'm sure, but it does seem like the loading times are crazy on this thing. We're talking mod nation racer is bad <laughs> where it's like a full minute and a half of loading time to get into Ugh. like actually starting the game. Yeah. It seems rough. That sounds rough. Yeah. But it's been a long while since I played a Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of looking forward to getting back into that world. Yeah, I me guess too. we'll see. Me too. And hey, I can't say no to Barry Burton. Give me that Barry. <laughs> Give me that Barry. Is it, he's featured prominently in, Res- in Revelations 2, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. And then on Thursday, November 30th, we have Siberia 2, Star Ghost, Serial Cleaner, and Opus, the day we found Earth on the Switch eShop. Mm-hmm, 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 Serial mm-hmm. Cleaner uh, looks interesting. I had not heard of this game before. It has this sort of like 1970s aesthetic, and you play as a, uh, like, w- what do they call those? Like a cleanup guy for oh, sure. the like, mob. Like Mike on uh, uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. So the idea, I, or at least my understanding is the way the game works, it's kind of like a, um, uh, stealth game almost okay. so you're walking around 
in like a crime scene and your job is to like clean everything up and avoid the police mm. who are like patrolling and trying to like investigate the area. It looks pretty cool. That could be fun. And then on December 1st on Friday, of course, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 mm-hmm. is coming out for Switch. Um, Patrick, your excitement barometer, has it uh, expanded any? Uh, our excitement barometer is, of <laughs> course, a, a deflated balloon that we inflate. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so where is its inflation right now? Yeah. It's at pre-ordered. Uh, so like, oh, you did pick it. I, up. You I did, did decide I did, to pre-order. It. I did decide to did pre-order. Did you get like the uh, deluxe no, super Mark, edition? I <laughs> <laughs> no, I got the look. Uh, I the Best Buy like gamer reward uh program has actually been very good to me this year. Um, because it's you know twenty percent off games, and then you like earn rewards on top of that. So I used two five dollar gift certificates with this thing. So I'm getting it for like thirty bucks. Oh whoa, yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, that's. That's I'm 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 doing it. I'm gonna act on it. We're gonna see how this game is. I don't know when or how or if we're ever gonna be able to like record a conversation about this game. I think we'll probably do it Breath of the Wild style, where Wild like, style. We, we just talk it about it. We just talk about it a little bit every week. I don't even think I'm. I don't even know if I'm gonna get this. I yeah. might uh, let you be the guinea pig for Nintendo Cartridge Society. See how you like it. Right. And that if you don't, well, yeah, I'll there's just borrow a, it. There's a very real possibility that I'll hate it and then just start loaning it out to our listeners. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Which, of course, brings us to a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, I've already forgotten. What are we talking about this week? What professional sport would you like to play if you had to play a professional sport? So it's if I had to and had the ability to. Ye- uh, like I to, wait, well, hold on. You're saying me physically as I am right now, I have to start playing a professional sport? Sure, yeah. Well, then Which the one answer do you play? is golf. Because <laughs> <laughs> anything else will kill me, right? You're right. You're right. Okay, okay. So you're a top athlete then. Sure. So you would be good. You would be like you'd good. be good at this sport. Yeah, maybe not like exceptional, but you'd be good. You'd be you'd be a pro. You could earn your way on the squad. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll rule out football. Okay. Because I want to be able to think in my old age. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know what sports do I like. I can. I think I can systematically like rule out each one. Maybe not basketball. Maybe basketball would be fun. Basketball seems like it'd be pretty fun. Uh, what do you have an answer for this? Mm, I feel like soccer athletes have the best bodies. Okay, yeah, it's a lot of running. It is a lot of running, but I'd be good at it. Right, that's a good point. And you and I are both. I mean, we're not athletic people, but we do both run from time to time. Mm-hmm. We have running periods in our lives. Yes. <laughs> um. So maybe soccer is a good fit. I just I. You know, we both live in the states where soccer is not really a big deal, right? Um, so like, I don't know. I I feel like it'd be fun to have the notoriety of like a more popular sport, right? I mean, basketball would be good because, you know, obviously there are horrific basketball injuries. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like <laughs> this year alone, like three players in the first few weeks of the seasons had like season had like terrible ankle and knee injuries. 
Right. But they're rare and they seem like they're having fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, baseball seems easy. Like, here's here's the thing with baseball. They play like 160 games in a year. Yeah, but like I'm an outfielder. Sure, but it goes on forever. <laughs> so you'd be bored is what you're you saying. You would be so bored. Yeah. Uh golf seems boring. Right. Um tennis maybe? Tennis seems okay. There's like yeah. there's a classiness to tennis. Mm-hmm. Um and you travel a lot. Uh and like it seems like you're big in some circles but not in all, you know? So yeah. like you would have a little bit of celebrity you could flounce, but it's not like People aren't going to be stopping you in the street. Right. You could go to the grocery store. Which is all I want. One or two people would, you know, maybe come up to you and be like, uh, I loved your soccer match or whatever. Right. <laughs> right. Or a tennis match. Whichever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever tennis. we were talking about. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. <laughs> okay. If you played fantasy football, uh-huh. or no, no, if you played football, mm. yes. how many, like, just you. So, at this point, you're not peak athlete or anything. Okay. It's like, Patrick Ellers is walking out onto the field with... 35-year-old Patrick Ellers. Yes. Right. With okay. the, uh, um, like, LA Chargers. Great. Okay. Uh-huh. How many fantasy points, or I guess even easier, like, how many, like, do you, how many completions, if you were the quarterback... What? How, <laughs> how many completions could you make before you just get, like, like, how many plays... Do you think I, I could finish yeah like counting the one that takes me out forever <laughs> including one yeah includes it <laughs> one i could hand the ball off once and then someone would tackle me and i would die i know that they're getting brain injuries all the time <laughs> but i don't understand how people's legs aren't snapping constantly. oh yeah yeah i mean it it's a brutal sport it seems terrible um I think I would give it my all. Like I would really try, but how, how many my do you femur think? would. Oh no, no, my femur One, would break right? immediately. <laughs> but I would really try. Um, and also, absolutely not to hockey because I don't want to be cold. Oh yeah, no. And really, the same applies to football. But I guess uh, we will never. We'll never know for sure. We'll never know for sure. Uh, we were accompanied today by the Brussels Chamber Choir, as I believe we have been before. Look, there are only so many recordings of 433 out but there. But that's like a very polite recording. It is a very polite the recording. The audience isn't like noisy. And... No, they're kind of too quiet. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought I would reach a point in my life where I had critiques on individual recordings of 433, but I got them. Here we are. Uh, let's move into the news. Big news of the week. There Ooh. was a large Splatoon 2 update that was released uh, on Thanksgiving, I think, last Thursday mm-hmm. is when it went live. And there's also another update coming in December. Um, so there were four there. I think it launched. Anyways, four new stages right. are I, coming. I, I don't think all four are in the mix yet. Okay. And, you know, even if uh, they had flipped the switch on all four of them at once, they wouldn't have all have been accessible in the first two hours anyway. Yeah. I mean, I still have the way the game I, still, works. I played this weekend. I still have not played Mako Mart mm-hmm. because uh, I mostly do Turf War when I'm playing the like versus matches. I don't really do the ranked modes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was playing, uh, Mako Mart wasn't in the mix. Um, and then, so there's, in addition to the new stages, there's a new Salmon Run stage, which I did play, Ooh. and is pretty fun. It reminds me a lot of the, uh, the like, original one, but you know how that one has the fan elevator things? Yes. So you get on the elevator, or you get on the platform, and, and you, you shoot, shoot like, a little the, fan. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, fan. So it's it. like a propeller, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and it, like, lifts it up. Mm-hmm. So these have platforms 
instead of going up, they go uh, like sideways. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you like are on one end part of the stage. You get on the platform and shoot the propeller, and it like takes you over to the other part of the stage. Oh, that's neat. So that was super fun. Um, there's approximately 140 pieces of new gear in the game. So that's just like hats, shirts, shoes. And there's also some new like hairstyles. So you can customize your character, even if you've already built a character. Right. Go back and like change their hairstyle and everything. Right. They're not precious about that. You can go <laughs> back and change it. Well, the other thing they're not precious about anymore, which is really nice, is that you can swap gear after matches without leaving a lobby. Now, this is something that everyone has asked for since the advent of Splatoon. <laughs> From, like, the original that, like, there's no way to change your loadout between matches. Right. So if you're, like, um, even playing with a group of strangers Mm -hmm. and you complete a match, you have to go all the way out of the lobby um, and then change your character. And then you have to reconnect to the internet. Right. Get put back into a new lobby. They have finally changed that. So you can change your loadout on the fly. It makes the experience just, like, so much smoother. Yeah. Um, and it almost like incentivized, at least for me anyways, I found myself being more willing to experiment with weapons. Yeah, of course, because, because it doesn't like, mean that you're committing yourself to it for like the next, you know, half hour of play or whatever. Yeah, like removed like, that pain out. point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, they increased the level cap from 50 to 99. I am nowhere near either of those. <laughs> so it doesn't make a difference for me. And then new amiibo functionality involving like a photo mode. Yeah. Um, previously you were able to take pictures of your, uh, Splatoon avatar with, um, just the new Amiibos, um, like that they would, they would pose with you and you could make them do little things and, you know, take pictures then. Uh, and I guess I'm not totally clear on which of the new or which Amiibos are now also, um, have that same functionality, but it's cool that they're still adding to that and sort of like feeding into the, uh, like kind of photo mode, um, like culture that seems to be like coming up around switch games like people are posting a lot of uh stills and video from like odyssey and i still see stuff from breath of the wild every now and then um so yeah it's cool that they're continuing to support that with splatoon as well and then another update is coming in december and this one's a little smaller but it does come with an entirely new game mode. Game mode called clam blitz. Okay. And uh, so what do you you in the level, you're running around and, like, gathering clams, mm-hmm. and the clams, f- as you gather them, like, follow behind you. Right, walrus in the carpenter style? <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. I guess those are oysters. <laughs> uh, and then your goal is to throw them into a clam basket that's located by the opponent's base, and the first team that gathers 100 of them wins. So it, it seems almost a little bit like a cross between Turf War and Salmon Run, right? Yeah, a little bit. Because there's like that collection element, um, but obviously still you can, uh, defending the actual ground is going to be an important part of it and, you know, blowing up other people. Um, it sounds fun. Yeah, I'm excited to try it out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also new music, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, so, and they're, the music is being performed by two different in-game bands. Um, one of them is called Ink Theory, and I can't remember the name of the other band. Which uh, is the one that is like the kind of like punk? I think that's Ink Theory. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Because uh, the, there's the the one that's punk, and then there's one that's more um, like jazzy. Uh, or yeah, it's it sounds like almost acid jazz. Um, okay. Uh, Ink Theory is one. 
Although here, let's let's just listen to a little uh, Ink Theory um, music right now. This actually might be the. Sorry about that. that's an ad. Um, this may be the one that is sounds jazzier. Yeah, so it's still got a little bit of that like Splatoon sound to it, but that's uh yeah, so Ink Theory I was wrong is is the kind of acid jazz one. Um and then what's the other Splatoon band called? But in general I just I it's just fun to be a Splatoon uh, somebody playing Splatoon 2. Yeah. Because there's always new things to see and explore. And, you know, every week they've been adding at least a new weapon, but um it's to come back to the game, especially after I hadn't played for a few months and have all this new content is really exciting. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm not going to find this information while we're, while we're talking. <laughs> uh, so let's move on. The Japanese technology news site Jimatsu posted an interview with Square Enix president uh, Yosuke Matsuda, and he talked a little bit about Square Enix's strategy for the Switch. Uh, basically... For them, like the Switch, they see it as a way to leverage their like back catalog. That is smart and right. And so th- they say that they want to be proactive in creating new IP and then rebooting past past titles for that platform. Right, and we talked a little bit about um, no uh, a, a previous quote um, where they said that no IP was off the table, um, and. Uh, I think at that point we were like, oh yeah, I want to see another, like, The World Ends With You, I want to see another Chrono Trigger game, and it's exciting that any of that is possible. Yeah, well, and speaking of, like, The World Ends With You, they specifically call out um, these, like, mid-sized titles Mm -hmm. that they really excel at, and I think uh, games like The World Ends With You fall into that. Yeah. Games that before were usually on a... uh, dedicated handheld device yes but will would fit on this kind of like hybrid device that the switch is Mm -hmm. also i'd like to see something like final fantasy 12 hd yeah come onto the system Mm -hmm. um and it seems like that secret of mana uh like oh the remake that's coming to ps4 would also be a good candidate for something on switch Mm -hmm. just give me a bushido blade (laughs) three want a new bushido blade game Uh, speaking of these kind of like mid-sized titles, this one isn't coming from uh, Square Enix, but Sega announced that Valkyria Chronicles 4 is coming to the PS4, the Xbox One, but also the Switch. Hey! So this will be the first Valkyria Chronicles game to come out on a Nintendo platform. They, it's a tactical RPG series mm-hmm. that uh, kind of takes its cues from World War II. Okay. Um... So this one, from watching the trailer, seems like it's a little bit based on, like, Stalingrad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, like, a lighter take, which, you know, sometimes can be hit or miss because you're dealing... Your inspiration, anyways, is this really, like, uh, terrible time in history. Right. And, like, not that long ago, (laughs) really. Um, That's cool. I am uh, not super familiar with the Valkyria Chronicles games. but uh, I, I know that it's one of like the bigger franchises for Sega, um, and it's also just cool to see Sega playing so nice with um, Nintendo because you know they have a lot of studios and a lot of IP that I think makes sense. Um, I mean that are popular, like the Atlas stuff, um, the Shimigami Tensei and Persona, 
um, that would make perfect sense on Switch. Yeah, and I think it's something from Japanese developers we're going to see more mm-hmm. and more often, uh, especially now that the Switch is a hit in Japan and has been out for about a year. Right. Uh, so this game is coming out in, in Japan in spring for the PS4 and Xbox One. will be released later in the year for the Switch. They, I think they said summer 2018. And then they promised it was coming worldwide sometime in 2018. And I imagine when it releases in the West, it'll be all the platforms at once. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, Sonic Forces, speaking of Sonic Forces, mm-hmm. is getting an interesting piece of free DLC. According to the studio's official Twitter account, a Sanic t-shirt is now available for players' custom avatars. Okay, so let's talk about what Sanic is. <laughs> um, Sanic is a... Sanic Panic? San- Sanic at the disco. Um, it is a like eight. Uh, I don't like it. Like an MS Paint drawing of Sonic the Hedgehog that looks really crummy, um, and that Sonic fans like throw around with the misspelled Sanic um, as like a dumb fan trying to do s- Sonic fan art. It's a meme. It's a meme. Um, and it's a weird little way to. I mean, Sonic Forces for all of its problems is does allow players to make their own avatars, which is a very, like, Sonic fanbase-friendly, you know, move. Um, and then just to put this shirt in there on top of it, I feel like is a, another, like, solid move on uh, Sonic Team's part. They're definitely self-aware. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, at this point, like, y- you gotta be, because the game is not great. <laughs> Again, if you would like to borrow my copy, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and send me your address and I'll put you in line. The Nintendo Treehouse blog has a really cool piece up about translating the and localizing the lyrics to Jump Up Superstar, the Pauline song from Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, this is a cool piece. Um, it is uh, you know, written by one of the um, Treehouse localizers uh, and kind of goes over uh, you know, taking like all of the steps from just like getting a literal translation of uh, the lyrics to Jump Up Superstar and then um, trying to figure out like what the actual like values of the thing are. And, um, you know, they talk a little bit about how the song was always intended to be like kind of a, a crossover um, song so that people could enjoy it without uh, understanding all the Mario references. But like, if you do get them, that's great. Um, the uh, producer uh, Shigatori Gahara uh, insisted on making the lyrics fun and go- uh, feel good to sing. Um, so, like, there's a, a a focus on just like it being fun to sing, like that Odyssey see, um, which doesn't make any sense really, but is just you know it flows like naturally. Um, and the 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 post includes a uh, a like linked um, video of one of the localizers like singing the lyrics um so like it's it i don't know it's just cool to see that that whole process of like what they valued in translating this thing and bringing it over yeah how localization works yeah basically and like why it's not just literal translations right of the japanese like text right and because there's so much like you know, obviously the one-for-one text translation isn't going to work with lyrics because there's like a you know poetry and meter and stuff to Uh, pay attention to but there's you know so much like figurative language and um references that make sense in one language that don't in another um and this is like a a comprehensive little thing so if uh, i i totally recommend looking it up it's a it's a good read and then finally a local orlando news station uncovered some additional details about the super nintendo world theme park land coming to universal studios orlando 
Uh, so it's opening up in Tokyo before mm-hmm. the, or I, I guess their Universal Studios is in, is in Osaka before the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games. Okay. Um, and then it's coming to Universal Studios in Orlando, and then some version of it is coming to Universal Studios Hollywood at an in, uh, undetermined date. But we're going to go to Orlando before it we, comes def- we I mean, have to go to Orlando. We, should we just go to the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo? Mm, only if you're Sonic and I'm Mario. <laughs> Deal's off. Okay, we can uh, reverse it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, so a local news station uh, saw some planning documents. That makes it sound like they'd like scoped them out or <laughs> used telephoto lenses maybe they did we don't know we don't know how they so gather this information universal filed some planning documents with the city right a local news stations reporting on it so this is what we know about the land that's coming to orlando uh it's going to be eight eight 8.8 acres in size with two main areas a donkey kong area and a mario kart area okay specific D- donkey kong a little weird <laughs> donkey tong donkey tong mm-hmm, Don- that's right <laughs> <laughs> Donkey Kong will take up 4.7. Is Donkey Tong like Sanic? Mm, Donkey Tong might be like Sanic. Okay, yeah, I think that's right. right. <laughs> Just a bad drawing of Donkey Kong. <laughs> uh, we would love to see your bad uh, MS Paint drawings of uh, Donkey, Donkey Tong. Tong. Uh, you can email those to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com or tweet them at us. We're at Nincart Society on Twitter. So the Donkey Kong area will take up 4.7 acres. Mario Kart will take up. 1.76 acres, and that leaves about 2.4 acres for the rest of the remaining land, like restaurants and bathrooms and all that kind of unglamorous stuff. Bathroom that, land. That you need in a theme park. Uh, okay, how do you feel about those choices? Donkey Kong and Mario Kart. So based on, I, I guess it makes sense, based on like the uh, patents that they filed, mm-hmm. uh, I think when we first talked about this, That's so right. like mm-hmm. months ago... The Donkey Kong Land appears to have some sort of roller coaster. Some kind of minecart madness. Uh-huh. That mm-hmm. includes like a mechanism where there's like a show track up top and but then the actual track underneath where uh visitor like guests can't see. And yeah. so you can actually do those jumps in uh the minecart levels of Donkey Kong Country because right. the actual track is, is lower than the track you think you're actually traveling. Yeah, on. exactly. That's pretty cool. Um so I think it'll be fun. I mean I'm a big theme park nerd. Mm-hmm. I think when Universal's feet are held to the fire, they do a really good job. See, like, the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. And when they're left to their own devices, they tend to kind of, like, cut corners. And it's not always, like, the most polished presentation. Mm-hmm. And so, but I have a feeling that Nintendo is going to be more of a Harry Potter situation than... Um, a Jurassic Park situation. Yeah, or, like, a, a have you been to universal studios here yeah. mm-hmm. have you been on the tram tour and there's like a fast and furious like supercharged oh yeah thing at the end yeah that it's is weird terrible <laughs> it they drive the tram into like a, a a little like warehouse room and then they just project stuff on all four walls around you and the tram like goes up on a little platform and like shakes around a little bit um and your friends are like no toretto <laughs> That was my experience with it. Uh, but I'm super excited for this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh, just just to be clear, they're, they're calling it a Donkey Kong land, but it's pretty obviously a Donkey Kong country thing, right? That's what it seems like. It seems like it's going to be jungle themed. Also, we like this is just from planning documents. Mm-hmm. None of like the nomenclature, as far as I know, has been 
released other than Super Mario, uh, Super Nintendo World. Yeah. So what these are specifically called, I mm-hmm. don't think anybody knows. I mean, somebody knows. It's right. just not us. It's just we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Mario Kart, I think that makes uh, kind of obvious sense. Although I d- just want it to be something more than just go-karts. I, I'm sure it'll be more than that. Uh-huh. Uh what it'll be interesting to see how much a mix of like it being screen based and yeah. you know versed versus you know having like animatronics and stuff like that. There's I think a rumor or patent that points to it maybe having some sort of AR component, augmented reality component. Yeah. So you like put on glasses, maybe you're like on some sort of track and then like Wario's in front of you or something oh, like Wario. that. It's all done with augmented reality. I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see uh what they end up doing here i think it'll it's a exciting time to be a theme park fan look if universal has the technology to give you glasses that turn all of your friends into wario and they are not distributing that to the public that's a crime against humanity it's a crime against humanity i want to turn my friends into wario the world needs wario wear technology just turn every daily interaction into a mini game how much more fun Micro would that game? be it'd be great even just anybody everybody you interact with is wario yeah no that's great Mark, I love that. Okay, uh, I think we're done with the news. Let's get out. And actually, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, please share us on Facebook or Twitter or whatever social media you're, you're using. Yeah, and thank you so much to everybody who has left a review on the iTunes store or mm-hmm. wherever you get podcasts. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a bunch. Yeah, and also uh, every email that we get is a delight. Uh, you are getting my copy of Sonic Forces at some point, everyone who emails in. Uh, so don't forget to do that. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Uh, our music is provided by 8 Betty. You can check out his music by going to 8 or by listening right here. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying... Donkey Tong. Send me those pictures. And thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network?